Y'all, Seattle is sold out. Los Angeles sold out. Nashville sold out. And our other shows only have a few tickets left. So I am on a live tour in June. Get your tickets in Chicago, Portland, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Washington, D.C., We have live shows and we have a writing workshop I am teaching. Plus, if you're in New York City, I am kicking off my book tour with Jon Stewart. And there are some tickets left. So check the link in the show notes to get your tickets. Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that recaps and celebrates the memoirs of badass female celebrities who have been torn down by tabloids, dissected by social media, and faced heartache and triumph and come out of it all even stronger. I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I am a writer, comedian, and filmmaker. And before we get into the book we are covering this week, I just want to make a little announcement to say that we are doing a live podcast episode in New York City. So if you live in New York, you can come see the podcast live. We're doing a live show. I have some fun comedian guests and extra surprises. And if you don't live in New York City, you can get tickets to the live stream and you can comment on the live stream and we will read your comments in the podcast. The book we are covering is Brooke Shields' memoir, the first one. Uh, There was a little girl. It's the story of her and her mom. I'm super excited. I am also going to read parts of the first essay uh, I've been writing for my book. What a wild sentence to say. If you are a Patreon member, you get free tickets. So go to the Patreon. You will find your code. If you want to get a ticket, go to caveat.nyc. So the theater is called uh, caveat.nyc. I'm sure it's on my Instagram. I have a poster up. All that good stuff. And you guys, we're moving to Patreon. I made the announcement in the New Year's episode, but we're going fully independent. So if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash Chelsea Devantes, and that's where you can become a Patreon member. Patreon member. Wow, hard to say. And um, just just know that the podcast is going to keep dropping like normal. Um, every other week, we are going to drop a book, a recap, just like normal, but cookie patrons are going to get a third bonus episode. So if you become a patron of the podcast for $5 a month, you get a bonus episode. And the first one is going to be Jamie Lynn Spears. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm both like terrified and very excited. All right, let's get into the book. I'm really excited for what we're covering this week. We are covering Amber Ruffin. Just love her. Amber Ruffin and her sister Lacey Ruffin wrote a book called You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey, Crazy Stories About Racism. Uh, the book is so funny. It's 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 about racism, but it's a very, very, very funny book that you should give out to a coworker or a family member. Leave it on the porch of someone who you think might need it. It's so funny with a very strong theme of devastating. They wrote it in 2021. It is real stories of what has happened to Amber and Lacey, and they talk and laugh about it. And let's dive in. First, you're going to hear Amber read an excerpt from the book. Lacey used to have these Black history checks. Now, every check had a different Black hero on it. MLK, Rosa Parks, Frederick Douglass. So Lacey was at a store chatting with the cashier, and they're having fun. After she's all rung up, Lacey handed the young white cashier a check with a picture of Harriet Tubman on it. And the cashier said, wow, you have checks with your picture on them? Oh, I'm sorry the book peaked so early. You guys, that's the funniest story I will ever hear. Harriet Tubman, y'all, look at their two faces. This story happened years ago, but I still think about it and laugh out loud. That was Amber reading an excerpt from the book. So funny. Now we have some very, very special guests who are going to talk about this book with us. It's Amber and Lacey themselves. So good. Um, Amber and Lacey are sisters. You know Amber. She's famous from the Amber Ruffin Show, the late night talk show that she hosts on Peacock. She's also a writer and performer on Seth Meyers. You guys, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Hello. Thank you guys so much for coming on. So, okay, so on every episode, before we dive into the book, I introduce all my guests with the story of how we first met. Now, Lacey, do you remember how we first met? Um, I do not. (laughs) I had a feeling because because I barely remember it. We were (laughs) on Amber's balcony. Yes! And... You were in a very cute outfit, and your friend was in a cute outfit, and you guys were taking selfies. Yes. 
And I very drunkenly was like, let me take the photo. (laughs) Um, So somewhere on your phone, you have a bunch of like blurry photos of yourself on Amber's balcony that I took, I think. That would be me just normally taking a photo of myself. Okay, okay, good. Then I don't feel so bad. I was drinking Amber's Cosmos that she makes in a plastic cup and I was like four in. They're strong. (laughs) Woo! Drink at your own risk. They're strong. They're strong and perfect. Okay, Amber. Do you remember the first time we met? It had to be at an improv show in downtown. You're just deducing with logic. You're not... (laughs) She's making things up. Yeah, I also might not remember. I remember watching you on stage for many years and being like, oh my God. And I remember one time... Um, you brushed past me in the audience and I was like, wow. So that was, I don't know if that counts. And then the next time I was backstage and you were visiting and you came to do a set. I remember that. Yeah. I, but I, I don't, I think we were just like, hello. And that was it. Um, and then that's where my memory ends. I remember trying to impress you. I remember that. I remember the feeling, but I don't remember the outcome. I remember going, uh, doing the show. Uh, the um, the set after the main stage show in Chicago and then being like, oh, yes, these people have just done a week's worth of shows. They're exhausted. <laughs> and I just looked at everyone just like, so sad. So sad oh, and exhausted. Just, I know. And I was like, oh, how, yeah. like, how pathetic Amber comes back to play and we're like, hello, thanks for visiting yeah. us. So Amber is a comedian. She did shows in Amsterdam, Boom Chicago, then Second City. Now she has her own late night network talk show. But this is true. So a couple weeks ago, I had a thought in my head, Amber, that you were the first black woman to write for a late night network talk show. And then I thought, like, that's impossible. Like, I know her. Why did my brain think that? And then in the book, you write... You literally were the first black woman to ever write. It feels impossible. That's impossible. I mean, I know it's what it is, but you're like, that is the craziest fact. And and I I just can't get over it. Isn't it nuts? Because you think, but I mean, it's crazy until you go, well, Jay Leno, well... Uh, David Letterman. Uh, <laughs> that it starts to make more and more sense. The devastating fact is that, like, it is 2020, and I am friends with the person who was fucking first. That's devastating. The beautiful part of it is that how much— it actually made me appreciate how much late night has changed. Like, it's gotten so much better in a short period of time, because I feel like when we talk about it, we're like, look, it's still the worst. It's still the worst. And then when you read this story, you're like, oh, wow, it got a lot better. Yeah. Now it's, it's, it has been, like, Robin Thede. And right now, the second is Z-Way, me, and Sam J. And that's yeah. three. Leading the yeah. shows. Yes. I, I only have two hot takes, but here's my first one. Uh, well, actually, my first one is that, you guys, I got a wine in my lobby on the way up here. <laughs> I was lobby. walking in. And, <laughs> oh my god! Everyone just held up everyone a drink. Everyone is drinking. Um, okay, first. Okay, let me tell you how I got my drink. Then we're gonna talk about your drinks. Then I'll tell you my hot take. Okay. <laughs> so I was running late from work to start this podcast, and as I was coming in, I was like, "Man, I'm not gonna have time to get a drink for my fun podcast. I'm so sad." And when I walked in, the a couple of tenants were having a holiday party. <laughs> And so I said, oh, I partied. You know, I was like, what's up? What's up? Poured myself wine, ran to the elevator. <laughs> That's how I have my wine, and I'm really proud of it. Yay. Um, Lacey, what are, Lacey, what are you drinking? I have a vodka mango. It's a fruity drink. It's a girly drink. It's I love it. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Vodka mm-hmm. mango. Mango is the juice? Yeah. Or like yeah. flavored vodka. Okay. Yeah. Mm, I want that. Okay. Amber, what have you got? I have my work drink. Vodka Sprite. <laughs> That's how you know I'm still at work. Someone has a work drink? Yes. You have a work drink? <laughs> yes, it's over here. That's when you know you've made it. That's right. Not only when you're making your work drink, Mm-mm. but you're sharing it. Yes. Oh, my God. Amber just got more of her work drink. Good. This is going to be a poppin' podcast. Poppin'. Um, okay. Now to my hot, not funny take, which is that— um, I think I think this book should be like given out in schools. And like, even though I know other books got popular this year, like White Fragility or something, it's just like kind of like, fuck those books. Everyone should have this book <laughs> because, because it truly was the best. Um, it actually was like a way better education and you get 
so many more insights and it is so funny. And I feel like if you're going to make someone learn mm-hmm. uh, to get to laugh this much would be the way you would actually learn. And so, but you guys wrote in the back of the book, you're like, this wasn't to be educational. So did any part of you be like, we're going to teach someone something or you're like, these are just our funniest stories? I think we were just like, these are our funniest stories. They're hilarious. Will uh, some people read it and be like, wow, I do that? Yeah. We were like, some people are going to read it. But we did not think it was going to have this big of an impact. And I think my um, my daughter's college was like, I think we should be reading this in class. And then I was like, oh, when they said that, I was like, oh, oh okay. So. Okay. So there's a college professor and I had the same take. <laughs> That's what I took from that. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea, you're dang near a college professor. You are. I'm a college college professor drinking lobby wine. Um, (laughs) No, it really should be taught in schools. It should be in every library. And if you are one of those people looking to educate yourself, this is the book. I I like it. I think it hits hard because we're not like, we don't have any conclusions we're coming to. We're just saying, look, these are all of the incidents and not all these <laughs> not are all. Good, these are some of the incidents and it's just exactly how it happened exactly what was said and you can come to whatever conclusion you like but here's it, it, all the information you need and i'm still in omaha they're still happening <laughs> you know it's like oh lacy you have a sequel which is not good <laughs> we're writing it right now and that's real we're writing a second book it's writing itself. It's Wait, what? Is this real? Can I please just tell one story that just happened to me last we week? We haven't even gotten to this book. I, no, Breaking I news? Please, I, no, give us give us the hot, the hot tea. Can I just tell you one story? Amber's telling me not to joke, but I That's have to good. tell it. Tell us. Celebrity Book Club Podcast exclusive. I'm looking for a new car. Okay, <laughs> so I'm looking for a new car. And so I go into this car dealership and I'm like, I would like this car. And I'm walking around. I've been there for like maybe an hour talking to the sales guy and talking. And and um, I finally decide on one car and I go, okay, well, I have cash. So what can you do? And he's like, oh, cash. This is great. You know, hold on a second. So he goes and he's talking to his, you know, the guy that makes the decisions. And I can hear everything they're saying around the corner. And I'm sitting there and he goes, do you know her? And the, the and just how he said it, I was like, "Ooh, here here it goes." And he goes, "Yeah." And then I he he motions for me to come over. I come around, and he goes, "Why don't you just get a loan?" First of all, who says that? Hi, hi, how are you? Blah blah. I see you're interested in this car, and I said, "Because I'm not." <laughs> That's just what I said. <laughs> yeah. And he said, um, "What do you do?" Yes, he and did. I said, uh, "I told him what I did," and oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, he said cash isn't going to help you. Not nothing. We can't do any anything better because you have cash. I said okay, thanks, and I leave. I got a, a, I I call my my white ex husband and I said go in, look at this car, tell him you have cash, ask him what happens. He goes. In, I mean, he is like I'm going. He drives there and he looks at the car. Salesman walks up, asks how much it is. The guy tells him same price that he told me. And he goes, I have cash. Can you do any better? He goes, absolutely. Took $4,000 <gasps> off right there. $4,000 less? $4,000. Then he calls the me. The story like, is uh, not over. Yeah. So then he's like, I got $4,000 no. off. So I go, oh, oh, okay. So I call. And I call the sales guy back. And I'm like, well. And, and it's so funny. He sends me a message. Someone's looking for looking at this car right now. So I send a message going, yeah, I know. That's my ex-husband. <laughs> and I go, and you guys yes. took $4,000 off. So what's going on? So he goes back and forth. And uh, he comes back. Still doesn't give me the $4,000. <gasps> oh, they refused. No, they refused. They refused to give her the price. They were like, this is your price. So I will say, I did not check with Amber. I did not. I did not tell Amber this. They ended up. Days later, giving me the price that they gave him. But you're too what? late. <laughs> you're too late. Yeah. They said, I guess we can, you know, we did the. No, I should have got that, that I same price. I guess you can eat shit because there's Plus no I'm fucking way we're I, was, buying I wasn't even going to get to take the car anyway after they did all that. They could have offered me the price then, but no. Oh, but yeah. my God. They literally okay, said, so- this is your deal. You're still getting the black deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you still can't have it. I- I, 
Okay, so, so many thoughts. So uh, my first thought is Sorry, what I, I can't stand is that, no, you didn't. I, th- I This is an exclusive <laughs> drop for my podcast and I appreciate you. <laughs> um, no, I... I, what's what's most shocking is that there's another car dealership story <laughs> no, in the first book. It's not even the same one. It's, not, it's a different dealership. <laughs> it's a diff, two different <laughs> Omaha car dealerships. It's not even the same yeah. one. And, and, and the other crazy thing is that there's a story in the book about you asking for an apartment. And they say we don't have any. And then your white husband goes in. We got and, nothing was his exact words. And did not turn around to look at me. We got nothing as he's <gasps> watching a TV. Yeah, we got nothing. And then and then offered your husband like multiple places and yeah. then showed him around. Also, I just want to give it up for ex- ex-husband. He's still doing yep. the work. He's doing the work. <laughs> he's a good guy. This book just came out and everyone was like, give us more stories. And you were like, we already have more. Yes. <laughs> we do. Yes. Okay, well, I'm really excited for the sequel. Do you have the title yet? Animals. Yes. I don't want to get it wrong. Because we will get it wrong. We get it wrong every time we talk it's about it. In an email I sent to myself, it is the world record book of racist stories, the Ruffin Family Edition. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, are you doing other stories from your siblings as well? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what was your family's reaction like, did you let them read the book before you dropped the first book or did you surprise them with it? We got specific um, directions on what we could say and what we couldn't say. Mm-hmm. And then we just said what we wanted to because yeah. we're young and we're fast <laughs> and you can't catch me, mommy, daddy. <laughs> oh my God. My mother pulled us aside and was like, listen, don't you put us in this book. She don't did. put me in the book. And I was like, I'm scared. And Amber, young and free, like, living in New York. I live in New York. I still live in Omaha where my mother Catch can me. get me. I was scared. And I was like, we won't do it. Amber did it. So that's all. I say this in every interview that people ask me. It's Amber's fault. Amber put my mom I'll in the I'll do it again tomorrow. I don't give a rip. There is a chapter heading titled, My Mother the Executioner. <laughs> It was actually really hard to do highlights for this book because every story is a highlight. You know what I mean? Like there was no like the highlights of the book. It's like, oh, okay, the the whole book. The whole book is the, is a highlight. Um, but I, when I was reading a story, uh, a full name popped up and you said Jill Bratcher. And I said, I wrote in my notes, oh no, full name. And then you did the funniest thing ever, which is you said Jill Bratcher so many times in the space of one page that I could not unremember it. And I- felt so euphoric reading about you guys talking about Jill Bratcher, which uh, who who went after their parents' company because she was upset that black people were so successful running a business that she um, defunded it and and went out of her way to put them out of business. So you guys are talking about Jill Bratcher and I was like, oh my God, I Googled her because I was like, <laughs> You know when you just get like so heated for a friend and you're just like, let's send some emails. You know what I mean? Like, let's reach out. I found an email address. This is, maybe you guys know about this. Someone created an email address called Jill Bratcher is racist as fuck at gmail.com. What? I am so serious. It comes up online. Jill Bratcher is racist AF at gmail.com. And I said, first I thought, should I email them? And then secondly, I spent hours trying to figure out, like, did someone else create this? Is this her email? Here's the scoop. Everyone in the book, we originally wrote the book with everyone's real names because I was like, burn it down. I don't give a fuck. But then they were like, absolutely cannot use a single real name. How dare you? And so we were like, okay. And then sometimes every time we change the name, it rhymes like a motherfucker. So if you don't know, what name do we use again? I'm scared I'm going to say the real name. Jill Bratcher. So if you read that book and you think, I don't know a Jill Bratcher, but I know someone whose name rhymes very exactly with it. And she was uh, this job and then did this and is this age. That's her. And I wanted to make it very clear to find these people. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know a pastor, Bill, but I know a pastor, Will. And he was at a church, but like, I want you to be able to find yeah, it. We were, we were really like, you know who that was. Yeah. So if you know her, you know her. 
Okay, I love that, but it also means that there is Poor a person named Jill Bratcher <laughs> with an email address. Jill Bratcher's racist as fuck. Also, Amber, what if I had emailed her? <laughs> <laughs> she would have still deserved it because somebody made this email. <laughs> this is so insane that it's a fake name and I still found this. And they work in childcare. I what? was sure of it. Yes, I'm going to send you so many tweets after this. Okay. This is too funny. Okay, going back to where we left off in the book. So right away, I learned something else, which I did not know. Omaha, you you immediately listed, just so in case you have an idea about Omaha, here are some cities Omaha is bigger than, and I did not know this. It's bigger than New Orleans, Salt mm-hmm. Lake City, Cleveland, uh, Minneapolis. People always think that there are no black people in Omaha, and I always go, we have a soul food restaurant. <laughs> I was so proud when we got our first one. You remember the first one? I was like, oh, my God, we could get greens from a restaurant anytime. Yeah. they And they think it's like a small town, I guess, because I'm not sure I had any thoughts about it, but I didn't think it was that big. Yeah, no, it's not nearly as small as you think. It's just so spread out. But the amount of people is the same. And now it's becoming more and more dense. So, Lacey, you still live in Omaha. I still so, do. I had a bunch of joy wondering and, and daydreaming about people in this book, reading this book, and you seeing them like at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Has that happened? You know, it has. But Amber and I just saw someone, we were at a book signing, and she's in there. And the story is not great. And she was having us sign the book. So I was like, either she didn't read the book or she just is clueless. I haven't had anyone run up to me yet and be like, you wrote that about me. That has not happened. I had one lady message me on Facebook and said, you know, I just read the book and, you know, I was reading and I thought that was me, but that wasn't me. And I said, no, that was you. (laughs) So I had that. (laughs) Lizzie! (laughs) And then what did she say? She was like, oh, well. And then I laid it out. Nope. Remember when you did this, this, and this, and this? And she was like, I absolutely, yep, you're right. I did that. And it was no confrontation. I have, I have had no bad feedback or any, like, that's bad so, moments. That, that's yes. fantastic. Yes. This is. Did she apologize? Oh, yes. We went on and on. And, oh, I'm sorry. I can see how this affected you. Blah, 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 blah. So it, it, she did change. I, I mean, well. You, uh, like your book literally changed someone's <laughs> mind, which is the thing that doesn't happen. Yeah. That was better than my fantasy. <laughs> my fantasy was them just like having to like abandon their cart in the grocery store and like run away. <laughs> that would still be pretty good. I, I, I have to tell the story. So I was at a restaurant and there was a lady, we were outside and she was inside and she's looking at me through the glass. And I know her very well, worked with her for 13 years. And she just kept staring and I, she's in there and she, she did some bad things. And I'm sitting with a group of friends and I said, yep, she's looking over here and she's going to, I said, she can see me and she's going to come over and say, I read the book. And as we're finishing up, we get up to leave and she's just standing like this in the doorway with her hands on her. And I was like, oh, is she going to square up? What are we doing here? And she said, Lacey, I saw you that you, I saw you and your sister on the news and I haven't read that book yet, but I, (laughs) and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, she thought she was like, I know a celebrity. Which lady was she? Um, the blackface lady, the teacher. (laughs) Oh, she's in there and she knows. Oh, I love it. You know who that wow. is. Wow. Yeah. And the worst part is that uh, her husband's going to have to know, too, because he's a he's a part of that story as well. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I want to get to some of my highlights of a book that's hard to have highlights in. Um, <laughs> Lacey, I fell in love with you reading this book. You Aww. really get to know your personality. For example, one time in a store, a woman thought you were Whoopi Goldberg, and they exclaimed, Whoopi. And Lacey's <laughs> response was to say, whoopity do." <laughs> I was happy. She was happy. I was happy. <laughs> whoopee. Whoopee did do to a stranger. That is so crazy. And then the best part of that story is that um, Lacey gets to take five free shirts because she doesn't want to let the woman down and thinking that she just met Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Even though Lacey looks, oh, good. Good. Lacey looks nothing like oh, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> a lot of free things. Um, which is, a, uh, which is, which is great. Okay, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, more of the book.
I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life. And I can't believe it, but I got to write my own. And it comes out on June 4th, and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it, and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing, traumatic memoir, but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah. Growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are heroes. Some are motherfucking villains, but you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role, and we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book, it matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also, I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre-sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. So diving back into the book, this takes us to another story that I loved. Okay, so Lacey sees some dresses at a fashion show in Omaha, and she's like, I'll support a local designer. My sister can wear it to the Emmys. Like, these are the most incredible dresses. Uh, and also, like, I, can you send me a picture of the dress after? Like, I want to see the dress. I will try to search. She it can't was a long find time it. Ago. She looked. Okay, so Lacey, you go up to the fashion designer after the show, and this person— when you, when you finish the story, you're like, they don't have any celebrity clients. They would have been so lucky to mm-hmm. have Omaha's finest Amber Ruffin in one of their gowns. So you go to them and the assistant's like, they're really expensive. So like, get out of here. And then you ignore them. You're like, you're the assistant. I don't need to talk to you. Mm-mm. Talk to the designer. To and the assistant says, these are exclusive, one-of-a-kind pieces, um, and they're very expensive to turn you away. And I just want to give listeners just 10 seconds, think in your head, what is the price of this gown? <laughs> Expensive, one-of-a-kind pieces that you cannot afford. Go away. Think of the price. Okay, it was $575. <laughs> Which is a lot. It's a lot for a dress, but that is not an, it's not like, this is $1 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I couldn't. And this happens a few times in the book where, like, people turn you away to, like, buy things. Mm-hmm. And then the worst parts of the story is when you would reveal, like, th- that the they price. thought they— The price. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. what they it's think you can't all afford. The time. It's hilarious. Yeah. I fucking screamed out loud. I was like, ah! <laughs> Yeah. I love it. And granted, if if, a, if I asked a woman how much a dress was and she said $6,000, I would run away and hide. But if she said six hundred, I say, let me call some friends. I bet I can make this happen. <laughs> let me get a GoFundMe for my dress. <laughs> um, I also, that made me think of, of another story that this is kind of out of order where you are at a restaurant. <laughs> she laughing so hard. That's the funniest thing. This dress is $600. Let me call. Let me call Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, do you have six hundred dollars? Amber, do you have six hundred dollars? I was like, what Wait. does the dress look like? Okay, I do have it. Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. But also, you can put that's a, that's an amount like your starter credit card. Your credit card that's is right. is a thousand dollars. It is. That you know. Credit card. Yeah. You if it the is. dress can fit on your starter credit card, like how dare you? Yeah. That is too funny. I found myself needing an index in this book of like names and dates and addresses so that like I could follow up with them personally. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys considering including that in your sequel? Um, Amber, add that If in. it was allowed, I would times a million. It'd be instead of the title, that's what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish people couldn't sue people. Um, okay, the other story that I lost it over is that, Lacey, you take a long time to order at any restaurant and you were out with some coworkers and you were taking a long time ordering and a coworker said, maybe you've never been to like a nice restaurant before. Can you help Lacey order? Cause she's never been oh, to a nice establishment. Just making me mad today. <laughs> 
I know you're like reliving all your jobs. Now, <laughs> as someone listening to this podcast, think in your head, what is this restaurant where this woman feels that poor Lacey has just never been never somewhere? Been this now, nice. keep in mind too, they work in corporate together. <laughs> Lacey's never been to a nice restaurant. It was Olive Garden. It was Olive Garden. The Olive Garden. I, Olive Garden. Here's the thing. I love. I, I love Olive Garden. I really. It is my favorite restaurant. The salad it's a, and breadsticks. It, you can't beat yep. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's four ninety nine. All you can eat. Like, how dare she? <laughs> and it's so good. But like, how dare she? Um, how hard is it doing press for this book and having to hear the stories back? It's not hard at all. It's hilarious. And Amber and I tell these stories all the time. And we laugh and laugh. Like, that's how we got the title. Every time Amber and I would get together with friends and family at reunions or anything, she's the first thing she says is, guys, you're never going to believe this story. You're never going to believe this. Just happened to Lacey and we laugh. <laughs> oh, great. my God. I I loved it. I I will say the 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 part where I was like the the, the three stories that maybe would have been on my like a, like whatever the Angie stories are the three stories that were close to me were the childhood ones. So the stuff that happened to you as a kid is like like teachers do, not believing or thinking that your crayons were stolen um, and taking them away from you. Yeah, <laughs> and then an, an art teacher ripped up Lacey's portrait that she had placed first in a contest over because she didn't believe that Lacey could have painted uh, so well. Mm-hmm. The the big the, the one of the reasons why this book is so great. Um, one of the reasons why this book it, it feels so good to read is because Lacey still lives in Omaha, so all of these stories have a chance to come full circle and none more so than that art story where that art teacher who ripped up Lacey's painting and called her a liar ended up... And said slavery was peer pressure. And said slavery was peer pressure. Ended up... That people only own slaves because they're friends. Because they're friends own slaves. (laughs) Yeah, So slavery is Air Force Ones, I guess. So then she ended up having a sad end of her life in the um, old folks home that Lacey worked in and she saw her have a sad, sad time and then got to be like, ooh, this is too sad even for me. <laughs> but, you know, if if you're reading the book, you're like, good, fuck that lady. I yes. hate her fucking yes. guts. <laughs> yes, she like ripped up a child's painting Stop and then ends up literally dying alone. Yeah, yeah she did. Which, I mean, she really did. But that's also like why I feel like this book should be read in school so that you think to yourself like, oh man, if I'm racist, like maybe I'll die alone, (laughs) you know? And like, (laughs) maybe that's inspiration to change your ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the kid, the kid, and there's a bunch more uh, stories that happen as a kid. But what I thought was so cool in this book is how badass your guy's mom is Mm. and and you didn't outright say it, but Lacey, you end up like wearing shirts to school in high school that are, what is it? Uh, racism is an illness. Are you sick? Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me think directly back to like your mom, like because you guys saw your mom handle these incidents so well as a kid that you could then stand up and 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 scream at people later in a nice, in a nice professional way. Yeah. Um, it did. Do you guys direct? That's what I made up in my head. But is that is that how you guys feel? Of like, was it just like I've had enough, or was it like I've watched my mom do this? We're going to continue it on because you gave a lot of options in the book of things you can do, and um, I enjoyed having witnessed a few of them before as well. Amber, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you. I've witnessed Amber saying nothing as if she can't hear you, and it is so uh, fulfilling. <laughs> Because I want you to yell the racist thing you just said. And I want you to hear you yelling. Yeah, she just kind of pretends like she didn't hear a thing and like was unaffected, which I, is very infuriating. But I, I loved like, it's so hard to like stand up and like, you know, teach people and, and be like, don't do this. And Lacey, it feels like you're constantly doing that. And where So where for you did that ability come from? Was it just need to survive? Um, yeah, and I think you're right about... Um, 
our mom. My mom is like, if you don't know Dynasty, I'm sad, but my, we we always like refer to my mommy like Dominique Devereaux. And so my mom was always like, you know, entering room and she's like, I am better than everyone here. There's no one better than me. And that's kind of, yes. I took that on. Even as a child, I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I wore pantyhose in elementary school. Guys, I did. <gasps> Lizzie! Pantyhose. <laughs> Pantyhose that's amazing. That's you said in the book that you were a little nerd. But I was oh a my God. little. Oh, I was. I was born a seventy-year-old woman, and I, I still am. Yeah. <laughs> little that's nerd. Amazing. So I was just like <laughs> here to do business. She's very much like Felicia Rashad on the Cosby Show. This yeah. the same. Yeah, it's the same dude. Mm-hmm. I, and so no I one's gonna mess I, with that woman. And if you say something, she's gonna she's gonna tell you about yourself with class. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and that that came off too, which was so nice, Um, which is how you get through this story. This is another one of my scream and throw the book moments. Uh, Lacey was the only black woman working at a company, and then they hired a second one. And then one day, Lacey was in a meeting for 32 minutes. 32 minutes. And at the end of the meeting, they said, okay, now can you call Lacey in? And for 32 minutes, mm-hmm. thought you were the other woman. Yeah. So even if the answer was, I had worked there for half a day, that would be egregious. But <laughs> how long had you worked there? You know, maybe a year, but <laughs> way long. She knew me. Yeah. Yes, she did. And the lady that had had just started, like she only worked there a couple of months at the, and then it's, she ended up leaving. Yeah. So they knew so, me. They knew me. They knew no, they, me well. No, of course they knew you. I mean, literally, me. if you had been there a day, that would be a crazy story. And you had been there a year. <laughs> and we didn't look anything alike. No, of course not. Also, there's another story in the book where this woman's super racist to Lacey. And then she sees her a year later. And because Lacey has different hair, the woman has no idea. And she's like, hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Then Amber has a, a story in there. Which is also a story I know, which, um, which, which is, oh God, you guys, the book is so good. You have to get the book. Basically, Amber was in the cast. I can confirm nor deny that. And, (laughs) and they separated the cast, um, for this newspaper article and they didn't think anything of it at first, but later realized that they put the three white people in one room and then they put Amber, a Hispanic cast member and a gay man in the other room. And that the whole article was a surprise article about diversity. And in the article, (laughs) uh, one of the castmates said some psychotic shit. (laughs) And so did the owner of the theater. A few of the things he said were, and, and this is Amber's cast member who has been collaborating with her on this show for six months minimum at this point. He told this prominent newspaper that he had to work 10 years to get this position and be very very talented and that Amber had shown up yesterday off a bus and was brand new to comedy and just got the job because she was a black woman. And which is also not true. Amber had tons of experience. She'd just come from a different theater. So he basically says that she was gifted gifted the job because of her race. And then on top of that, they go to the CEO of this theater, the guy who owns it, who says to them basically that black people are not always very good at comedy, but it's good to include other points of view and that that's like the right thing to do and sort of insinuate, everyone insinuates that she is talentless and only has the job because of her race and specifically calls her out and not other cast members, which as we know, taking in Amber's comedy, she's incredible. And it was horrifically racist and Amber has to go like face them all and open the show. Like the big show opening is under this newspaper article. I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do think that that was shocking to be like, uh, I don't know where you think I would be hiding my sympathy for you. Bitch, you're rich. You own, <laughs> you, own you employ everyone I know. Oh, what? What? And also, I just, like, when you get that job, because I've had that job, I, I've, I don't know, about, Amber is way cooler than me, but I found it to be, like, very intimidating and scary. And to have something read by everyone in a newspaper like that, you were so strong to go in there and scream at him and, like, 
And I was about to say flip tables, but like, I don't think you flipped a table. But in my head, when I was reading, I was like, yeah, and then she flipped the table and he fell. Like, that didn't happen. I might as well have. And I had had a meeting with Lacey. I had a meeting with Angie. I had a meeting with mom. And we all were like, say this in this order. And this exact, I had memorized it. I was ready to go. And the second he was like, you know, I I have it hard too. I was like, bitch. Mm -mm. And I lit him up and I... God knows what came out, but I know it was 30% cuss words. I mean, I cussed I, him out. It was bad. It was bad. I should have lost my it, job. It was, no, I, no, no, it was good. It was good. And also what's crazy about that is that like years after that, so, so many horrible racist things happened. <laughs> years after Amber cusses him out. Um, and, and then also to the other, this is also what kills me. So there's a quote in the book. I want to ask you if this was real, Amber. It was, it's a person saying, uh, I could do what you do on Seth Meyers. I just choose not to. Okay. Have I not privately told you that story? No. Girl. No. She'll call you. Yes. Okay. That uh, did happen. Okay. Okay. Amber's going to text me and then I'm going to post it to my Instagram story. <laughs> 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 I want, I want, I want. But I think what, what really got me about this um, and Lacey can attest having seen the shows is, and you put it in the book and I just want to, uh, boost it, which is that people never think that their own mediocrity is why they didn't get a job. Ah, she just sent me the name. <laughs> I sent her the name of who it is and she knows this bitch yeah. and he's a piece of shit. What and now we all know. And also, like, to say it to your face, he and also, like, you, you put face. in the book, you could never. He could never. He could he never. Could okay. never. But that, wow, okay. Ooh, I'm going to try and try and continue podcasting, but that's tough. Um, <laughs> I don't think people know that they have bad reputations. Because once you have the tiniest whiff of a bad reputation in comedy, it's over. There's only so many people. We all talk to each other. I'm on five different text chains with five different groups of comedians. If you suck, everybody knows. Everybody knows if you have like an attitude problem or you're always late or you don't do your work. Everyone knows already. So you can blame whatever you want, but. Mm. And also like, it's very hard to succeed in this business, but there's a lot of funny people. So mm-hmm. if you're shitty, it's like, there's another funny person. Yeah. There just is. Yeah. Um, and I love that you put that story. We, we screamed about this story on a vacation together where Amber was like, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot. And we like, <laughs> we were like, ah! I was like looking up the article. We found it. We were like, oh my God. And then for it to be in a book forever. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yay. Um, okay, Lacey. Yes. You're a stalker. Um, <laughs> this is my question. Um. You seemed genuinely unafraid of him, which I thought was so cool. (laughs) Was it because you are a literal bodybuilder or was it because you're just cool? Um, My father has always like taught us to size people up. Like if you're someplace, look at the exits and blah, blah, blah. He was like always into, I have four daughters and learn how to protect yourself. And I just was always like, I can take him. I can do this. So uh, it was part of me just, like, talking myself up. But he he did not look <laughs> intimidating in any way. And I was not <laughs> scared. I was just more perturbed and weirded and, out. That came but, off it. But it was like, she had, Lacey had a literal stalker <laughs> writing her demon letters, showing up at her that gym. <laughs> that letter is, that letter shook me. And you thought it was funny. And I was like. Yes. And I'm friends with everyone in the gym. He would have been murdered immediately. But, you know. But, st- yes. but by a bunch of bodybuilders. By a bunch of bodybuilders. But, <laughs> but also the reason he got into the gym, the gym that checks Lacey's yes! ID. My own ID. Every, her own ID. Every time she comes in. So she goes to the gym every day. Everyone knows her. They check her ID every single day. One day she's working out, looks over. He's next to her. <laughs> She freaks out. She goes to the front desk. She's like, oh my God, can you at least give me his name so I can report him? And the receptionist is like, oh, well, he was in a suit and had a bag, so I just let him in. Exactly what she said. He was in a suit. Did she get fired? I don't know. I don't think so. No. I want to look her up. <laughs> um, her name is. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, rhyme it. Okay. I wrote down this page and I, and I just wrote down 
a fucking Chelsea, thrill. I'm sorry. I just emailed you a picture of the stalker, <laughs> which we were not allowed to put in the book. When you see him, you'll be like. No! Wait, where did you get his photo? Oh, I have photos of him. <gasps> yeah, I had to turn those in. Yeah, still don't know his real name. Okay, I'm waiting for the email to come through. Oh, here it is. Here it is. No. <laughs> and now no. you can see why Lacey was not scared. Are you scared of him? You're not. You're not. Uh, Nobody is. No, no one uh, is. Yes, yes. And knowing Lacey is a bodybuilder, I am now not worried for her as well, which no. is also a key thing in the book is that Lacey has no fear because even though she appears very petite, she's strong as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and then they put in a picture of her and I was like, oh my God, which- Dang, Lacey, like, you're very cool. Like, you're, like, a nerd. You're good at math. You can paint. You're a bodybuilder. Like, you're in corporate. You're a manager. You tell people what's up. I think I can do what Amber does on Seth Meyers. Honestly, (laughs) she 100% could. And it's less of a bit. Lacey could do it. She could. Lacey could could do it with zero comedy experience, which just goes to make you think about the guy with tons of comedy experience who's (laughs) never been able to do anything similar. Who could not? Okay, this is what I wrote. A thrill. Um, This woman is like super uh, racist to you at at a work lunch. Then your friend comes up and says, Lacey, oh my gosh, how's the book coming along? Lacey says, it's going great. Every day I have something new to add to it. Uh, Your friend walks away and Lacey's coworkers ask her what her book is about. Lacey says, it's about growing up black in Omaha and the crazy things that white people say to me. There's a long pause where everyone realizes the danger they're in. (laughs) And then- Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then I would just like to take this time to tell any black people who are reading this, you should tell everyone you know that you're writing a book just like this one. It has truly come in handy more than it should have. Um, <laughs> I there's a there's a an Elvira quote that says uh, revenge is better than Christmas, <laughs> and reading this book was my Christmas. Like I felt the revenge inside it, and I was like uplifted by it. I was like wow 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 like justice via. The book. That's also another reason why we get away with so many terrible stories is because the comeuppance happens. Like, comeuppance is real. It, it happen- You can't do dirt for forever and not have a speedy comeuppance. Like, a lot of people get what's coming to them, and lots of times they don't. But when they do, it's so nice. Yeah. And when they do in a book that we're all participating in the comeuppance, very, <laughs> it was a satisfying feeling. Yeah. And- I need to take a trip to Omaha and just look, just look around. Um, see if I can spot a woman in shorts <laughs> saying, I like ya. Um, okay, <laughs> then, okay, we're towards the end of the book. I'm gonna read one of the ending paragraphs. What our secret hope is, is that this book has given you the courage to never stop telling these stories. At almost every job I've ever had, it always got to the point that whenever people saw me coming, they would say, here comes Lacey about to say something racist happened. And they were right. I did. And sometimes I got fired and sometimes I didn't. But I always did exactly what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. I would also like to say it's sad that people feel in this day and age that they have to remain silent and every situation is different. But I'd like to invite you to the possibility that remaining silent is no longer a requirement. Which, and then a bunch of funny stuff after that. But I'm ending (laughs) on this sentimental note. Yay. um, Because I just think that's really, uh, really lovely and beautiful. And something you and Amber have in common is like, you will do what you are going to do and no one can stop you. And and being a friend to it is like, that is the best quality you can have. And I love that you guys shared it of like, you got to stand up for yourself and not- Yay, yay, stand it up for yourself. And then at the very end, they have a picture of them singing gospel together. <laughs> Were you in a band? What was that? <laughs> the worst picture ever. Amber knows I hate that picture and she threw it in there anyway. <laughs> it is awful. So cute. You guys are in matching bad. dresses. I can't wait to figure it's out. horrible. We used oh, to sing gospel as a little gospel group and it was just me and Lacey and we were we called were. Twice Blessed. And everyone Twice thought we blessed. were twins, but we're not. But we basically are. And uh, yes. it's a it's a bad picture. It was from before I learned how to smile. So bad. It was a bad Twice bad blessed a gospel like, duo. Like twice yeah. baked potatoes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Wait. I know the answer is no, but can you sing something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I figured, I, I figured it was a no, but, like, I drank my lobby wine no. and I had to shoot my shot. Okay. So, uh, Lacey, tell everyone where they can follow you, or if you don't want to be followed, 
you know, because I know you've had a stalker. I'm in online. Um, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be bothered, you can also tell us to leave you alone or tell us where to buy the book. The book is sold anywhere. Anywhere books are sold, you can get this book. I am not dodging the the question. I am the worst social media person ever. Amber knows this. Um, follow Amber. You can find me. <laughs> Amber. Yes. Okay. And, and Lazy, if anyone is listening, they're like, I want Lazy to come do a speech for me. Can is that a is that a not for them personally, but maybe for like a company. It totally is possible. Yes. Yes. Okay. We love that. And Amber, you're famous and everyone follows you, but tell everyone where they can follow you and watch your show just in case. Hey, I'm Amber. <laughs> maybe it's Amber M. Ruffin on Twitter. And then, you don't know. No. And maybe it's Amber Ruffin on Instagram. <laughs> I like how she's saying maybe. She's worse than me. Do I have a TikTok? Let's find out together. I and listen, I do have Twitter and I do have Instagram. Couldn't tell you. We're awful. Our goal this year is to know what we're talking about. That is our goal, is to be able to That's just yell that out and tell you. That is I just opened my so phone and I'm looking right now me. on my Instagram. What who am but I? I, I, don't know. I will say this. Um, I'm definitely at Chelsea Devantes and I will post their Instagram. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and do I will that. post um things of the book and they have so many cute pictures together. They once wore the same gown on Seth Meyers for an interview. It was Yay. so funny. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I loved it so much. Yay. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode. I had so much fun laughing with Amber and Lacey. I'm going to go back down to my lobby, see if there's more wine. Before we go, you can follow me on Instagram at Chelsea Devantes. That is where I recap the books. You can read along. I've also been posting uh, some wedding dresses I've been trying on. It's been a real ride. And to support the podcast, keep the podcast coming, go to patreon.com slash Chelsea Devantes. You can become a patron. You get so many bonus perks. You can see them all on the website. And if not, the podcast is still going to keep dropping just like normal. A huge thank you to our production team here at Stitcher, executive producer Daisy Rosario, producer Corinne Wallace, and our episode engineer Marcus Hom. You guys know where to find me. I'll be on Instagram. And um, we have a really great episode coming next. The next episode is Reba McIntyre. Even if you don't think you're a Reba fan, I think you're going to like this episode a lot. And uh, I'll see you then. Bye. Bye.